Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 215-592-9494. Mike Sielski, Glenn Mack. Now this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. Uh, I always like to work all four sports, all four local teams uh, into the conversation. We certainly had a lot of good discussion about the Eagles and the Phillies. Uh, anything about the Flyers? I got nothing on the Flyers. You no. Anything? Okay, nothing to say. Nothing. All right, so the Sixers, however. Ah. So um, there has been chatter this week in that Kevin Durant clearly wants out from Brooklyn. Uh, and made it known, said, uh, either fire the GM co- and coach or trade me. Which, which, this sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Basketball's like no other sport in that it way. It isn't. There is, there are, nobody's doing that in the NFL. No, because the players in the NFL don't have the leverage and power that players in the NBA do. Right. So this started rumors of where is he going to go, and this, you know, people in Philadelphia would clearly love to see him play. And this week, uh, a report for SNY in New York, Jan, or excuse me, not Jan, Ian, yeah. Ian Begley, said that the Sixers have interest in a Durant trade. Well, of course they would have interest in Durant. He's Kevin Durant. Yes. Okay, yeah. that goes without saying. And that Durant would potentially be interested in playing here. Um... Give me your thoughts on that, and then second of all, which I guess is the the larger question, the more important question is, is there any freaking way the Sixers could ever get something like that done? This is what drives the NBA not only during the offseason, but it seems more and more during the actual season. Uh, the games itself, the 82 that each team plays, matter less and less, and the scuttlebutt around the league and who's going where and why they're going there and what teammate gets along with this teammate or his best friend is on the other team, then they're going to end up together. It's all, this is what drives discussion about the NBA. So it doesn't surprise me that the Sixers got mentioned because I think, as you said, Durant wants to get out of Brooklyn. Right. He and his agents, you know, and the pe- and the people around him are going to say and do kind of anything they feel like they need to say and do to get him out of Brooklyn. And if mentioning the Sixers uh, helps them do that, then maybe it does. It doesn't necessarily mean there's any uh, fire to the smoke. And I no, I don't think I don't this is something. How, the Sixers, what, what do they got to trade? No, uh, th- th- all the discussion about this this week is centered around: Would you give up Tyrese Maxey in this deal? I know, and a lot of fans say they wouldn't, which you know, put down the. Uh, um, my wife. Can't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say. I was gonna say. Yeah, get I can get say real. It. You put just down say the crack pipe. Yeah, get real. It. Right, um, but it's not going to happen. No. I mean, they can. No, 
And there's also a part of me they don't have any. They don't have what you what you would have to offer. To do they it. don't have. And they don't have draft picks to trade. Right. Exactly. And if you're New Jersey, you already own the Sixers draft picks. So if you give the Sixers Kevin Durant, the Sixers get better, which lessens the value of the draft picks you've already got. Look, the, the idea of organically building a team in the NBA seems so far. Yeah out of the realm of possibility anymore it's it's all these machinations of who gets what you know i think it's part of the reason to be honest that the golden state warriors are such an appealing team uh for people to watch and follow is that with the exception of durant going there for those two years they've won championships without him and they've done it through smart drafting they've done it because they have a superstar in steph curry who is willing to kind of sacrifice himself a little bit create a culture that allows other players to flourish, uh, that puts the team first, very Mm -hmm. similar to what Tim Duncan did with San Antonio. And so, look, this is a lot of sound and fury. I would be stunned beyond belief if Kevin Durant ended up with the Sixers. Would you be stunned if he ended up with the Celtics? No. No, because they have the piece to move. Yeah, they do. But they built their team in the way we're talking about. You you draft Jalen Brown, you draft Jason Tatum, you build around them and you make a finals and then if you really feel like you need to make a big move, you have the resources to yeah, do it. Yeah, I heard if he goes there. All right, one other basketball thing I want to mention, which is this week the NBA announced that it is retiring the number 6 uh, from the entire league to honor Bill Russell who passed away. Um and by the way, players currently wearing it can. It was like when baseball retired Jackie Robinson. They can, you know, they're kind of grandfathered until they retire. Um, and the NBA announcement said, uh, "We want to make sure his transcendent career will always be recognized." And that's that's good, and that's fine. I don't know how to do this, but to me, if you're doing this, you have to acknowledge that Doc, yes, also wore number six. Julius Irving was an immensely important figure in the NBA, both in terms of being a player and a cultural figure and a guy who really helped transition the game out of a real low. um, The NBA was really suffering back then until, you know, people say, oh, bird magic. Yeah, bird magic and Doc. Yeah. And Doc was part of that. And if you retire the number six for Bill Russell, somehow Doc's got to be, he's got to be in there. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to do it, but you can't ignore Doc. This is nothing against Bill Russell at all <laughs> and his effect on the sport and his work in the civil rights movement and all the things he did off the court. He is clearly a transcendent figure in North American sports history. But this to me is what happens when you start to retire the numbers league-wide mm-hmm. of more than just a very, very, very select few players. Jackie Robinson was the fir- broke the color barrier. Right. Bill Russell did a lot of incredible things. He didn't do that. Right. And, and what you end up running into is a situation like this where the Sixers have a player in Julius Serving, and this is actually going to be part of the subject matter for my next book. You're right, Glenn. Doc helped usher the NBA in professional basketball out of the dark ages. Mm-hmm. He was the most famous basketball player on the planet when he joined the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge part of basketball history too. And I think what you're saying is you don't want to nullify that or overshadow yes. it yes. by having by telling the Sixers, sorry, Bill Russell comes first. Well it's almost like Bill Russell's the only guy who ever wore number six of right. of, of note. Yeah. And he's and not he's not he, he may be a larger figure in league history than Julius Irving, but Julius makes the top 20. Oh, yeah. The right? bullet. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't think people nowadays appreciate the fact that 
the best basketball player in the world, which was who was Julius Irving, arguably, in the early to mid-70s, like three-quarters of the country never saw him play. Yeah. The ABA didn't have a national television contract. Right. If you saw Julius Irving, it was like seeing a Sasquatch. I mean, right. it was like, does he really exist? Right. And he went to the University of Massachusetts, so nobody saw him play college ball. Exactly. There was this air of mystery to him until he ended up with the Sixers. And actually, if you if you read up on Julius's history and his career, by the time he ends up with the Sixers, he's already, read his memoir, he's already talking about his knees are starting to bother him and he's not quite a high flyer that he was with the Nets. It's it's remarkable to consider that, but it's true. Again, none of this is meant by either of us to exactly. criticize Bill Russell or his role in everything, in and out of basketball, as you said. But Doc can't be forgotten. And, and to me, saying we're retiring number six for Bill Russell kind of says, like, Doc didn't wear it. And yeah. I, I, that bothers me. All right. Well, Matt in Pottstown wants to address that. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. How's it going? All right. Um, Good. It, it's funny, and again, just like you say, you almost have to put that precursor out there that this is in no way or shape or form a disrespect to Bill Russell and what he meant to the league and to you know people in general, basketball, everything across the board. The guy was you know class top notch. But being in Philadelphia, one the first thing I tweeted when I or you know and, and posted when I read that that was happening with the NBA, I said here in Philadelphia it's going to have an asterisk. Yeah, me too. Because, I yeah. tweeted something similar. Yep. You know because. If you're of a certain age, you know, Doc is number six. Like, Bill Russell is what he was with the NBA, like I said. But number six here in Philadelphia, it's Doc. So the first thing that, you know, I'll ask, and I'm asking this knowing already, but I'm asking in general, has Philadelphia already retired the number six for usage in, with the Sixers? I believe they have. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. It's, it's one exactly. of the retired okay. numbers. Yes. So to me, again... Whenever this is brought up and mentioned, if they're, if the league is going to do something ceremoniously where everybody's going to put a six in the rafters and things like that, we do that with the announcement of everything of you're almost – it's not putting one in front of the other or saying one's on the curtails of the other, but you have to, like you just said, you have to recognize that we have already done this in this city with that number because of the person that had it here yep. previously, and now the number six is also – you know, whatever you have written or whatever you're going to do for Bill Russell. Here in Philadelphia, and I'm sure there's probably a couple other cities where the number six might have been used, you know, in the NBA. I can't really think of anybody. I was trying to think of that. There is no really no other. The only two sixes I can really think of in the NBA, and I'm not counting LeBron right now. I'm looking at Yeah, Doc. LeBron changes his number all the time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't even give that. I mean, you, you retire half the, you know, right. <laughs> you can't even do it. So you look at Doc and you look at Bill Russell. So, again, here, Philly, with no disrespect, I think it's exactly it's for both no, you, you, you said it well. Answer. Absolutely. I mean, that's, 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 that's it. Yeah. And, and We're again. We're standing up for Doc. We are. That, that's all this comes down to. There have been, there, there have been so many great, great players to wear so many different numbers that, as I said, if you start down this road where you retire a number for every team, even if the guy didn't play for that team, um, you wonder where you stop. All right. Uh, so I asked our producer, Moshe Kravitz, to check and see if number six is retired for any other NBA teams. Is it? Yeah. Uh, Phoenix Suns have it retired for Walter Davis, who played for them from 77 okay. to 88. Okay. And Spurs have it retired for Avery Johnson. Who okay. uh, wore number fifteen with his first stint with the Spurs, but went back there in later years and uh, and had a good All career. Right. And also, this is you know not worth bringing up in terms of Bill Russell, and and neither of those guys are uh, are on the same right. They're level. not on the same planet. Uh, but as, yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, the Orlando Magic and Sacramento Kings have it retired in honor of the sixth man. 
Oh, so, yeah, so we'll see. Like that's, Seattle, that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole different thing. But Julius and, Serving is the only no, other yeah, number. Yeah, those six guys in aren't in. They're not in Julius's universe. No, they're, they're not in the Hall of Fame. No, right? but they are for those franchises. I mean, it's it's better to that the Phoenix Suns retire Walter Davis's number because he was a great player for them than the joke Sacramento Kings retiring a number because of their fans. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, that's ridiculous. That. I agree. But those players, you know, you, you talk about Davis and Johnson, those are important players yeah. to those franchises. In those markets, they mean something. Yeah. But Julius is a league figure. Julius right. is a universal yes. figure. Yes. He's Dr. Chapstick. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that is true. He's He was... He, he, He's Doc. Yeah. He's different than all those guys. Yeah. Uh, Jack in Santa Barbara. What's going on, Jack? Now, I was going to talk Eagles, but you guys threw the the, the carrot up there about Dr. J. Uh, you so grew I up have... watching Dr. J. Well, and, and Glenn, I lived in North Jersey in 73. Oh. And the guys I hung out with, I played ball with, and one guy was from Long Island. And he's like, oh, Jack. You you got you got to see Doctor J, Jack. And, and so That's a great accent. He, when he was in his heyday in in Long Island, right? Yeah, you he said would, it right. He would, I was experiencing him, him vicariously before he wound up with the Sixers. So, so what Mike was saying about his his real high flying days, I, I got that vicariously from my buddy Kevin. What? So, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Jack, if you talk to Pat Williams, you know, the longtime Sixers executive, the yeah, man yeah. who signed, you know, it, struck the deal that allowed the Sixers to acquire Julius from the Nets, he went into, you know, the team's owner, and the owner had no idea who Julius Irving was. And that, you know, and it sounds crazy, <laughs> but it really wasn't yeah. that uncommon. Yeah. Where Fitz Dixon, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe it was Fitz. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, and because nobody had seen him play, very, very few people had seen him play because the ABA didn't have a national television contract. Um, you know, and then you get the NBA after Julius gets there, showing NBA finals games on tape delay. And in the late 1970s, it's, you know, the, the Baltimore Bullets or the Washington Bullets against the Seattle Supersonics and the Portland Trailblazers are beating the Sixers in the finals. And it's just, in so many ways, the NBA is kind of an afterthought until Magic and Bird come along yeah. but it's julius yeah. who's at the top of the the food chain so to speak he's the ambassador and and mike do you remember who was the coach when 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 he went to the sixers do you remember that was it dean shoe no it was it was kevin lockery uh -uh. well right? he was he lockery was julius's coach with the nets oh oh excuse me he he was he was the coach with the nets when julius went from the from from uh, the the, uh, the, the Nets, Nets to the, to the Sixers. Sixers. No, yeah. When he went from the Kentucky Colonels, is that who he played for? Virginia played? Squires. Virginia Squires. Virginia Jack. Squires. He went and and Kevin Lockery was on the phone when they got the call that he had just gotten Julius Irving, and he said, "I'll be right there." Wow, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is. He was. Um, an amazingly important figure back in the day. And when he came here, I mean, we, you know, listen, I've been doing this show for so damn long that we used to do all those old chestnuts of shows. Like, that's mm -hmm. the best free agent signing I ever had in this town, right? We've done all those chestnuts over the years. Mm -hmm. And remember, I started doing this in 1993 when Doc 
was still fresh in everybody's mind. And people always said, like, when they got Doc, the excitement, the palpable excitement mm-hmm. in the city was was hard to control. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the golden era of Philadelphia sports, right? Yeah. From, from 74 until 83. That decade is just remarkable. And he's a huge, huge part of it. And maybe we're entering that right now with the Eagles and Phils. Maybe. Just maybe. <laughs> By the all, way... All it takes is one preseason game. Yeah, you and I talked earlier about what Phils have come up through the system and, you know, how they got Stott and Bohm and, and Suarez and, and Sir Anthony. We forgot Hoskins. Who? No, I'm just kidding. Of course. He's having yes. a good year. He is. He's having a terrific year. Yeah. And uh, if he can get hot in September, boy, he can he can carry you for a couple of weeks. And the hero of last night, Matt Veerling. The next Roy Hobbs. Well, I don't know about that. Clay in Kansas City. How you doing today, Clay? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Um, Clay, I, I got to tell you, the best barbecue I ever had in my life was at Arthur Bryant's. Glenn, I've called your show frequently. I know, and I, know I probably say it every time, but guy. when I you see do. Kansas City, right. I know, but when I see Kansas City, I think of barbecue, and I have to bring it up. Oh, that's great. I mean, listen, we live on barbecue here. We're, I know. we're like the second fattest city in the country. Uh, but, I, I, could, <laughs> I could fit right in. So, out of market, but I got to watch the ball game this morning. Been a big Eagles fan for 40 years, man. Um, I was uh, pleasantly surprised with um, Hertz's play, to be honest with you. Um, but you know what? Minshew looked good, too, I thought. Um, a couple other observations, and then I'll let you guys go, because I know you probably got a stacked board. Did you see how many times Dave got double teamed? Yes. like every play. Yes. It was crazy. And one other thing, um, I am not happy with the running back situation still. We just don't look like we have a pounder. And that's concerning for me, because who's going to get the tough yards, Glenn? That's what I'm really worried about. Um. Yeah. I. I listen. Like you. I like that. That big back who can bust through the line, and they don't have that. They haven't. I don't know the last guy they had who was that. Would you consider Legarrette Blunt? That yeah. Guy? Yeah. That was the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he only won a Super Bowl. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> I, I. I would put him on that. Uh, I do. I've always liked that kind of guy. Remember Brandon Jacobs with the Giants? Sure. When he was coming out of college, and I don't. I don't scout college football a lot, and certainly Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. But I saw him play a game in college, and you know he was this 270-pound guy just beating people up. And I, I said to Ray, oh, God, we had Mike Mayock on. Uh-huh. I'm telling Ray and Mike Mayock, look, the Eagles got to draft this guy, Brandon Jacobs. He's not going to go in the first round. He's going to be really good. And they they didn't discount my opinion. Mm-hmm. But God, he went. I loved him. He went. I mean, only played he, for the hey, Giants. I, I love Mike Mayock, but Brandon Jacobs was not a waste bending road grader. So <laughs> they, the Eagles wanted no parts of him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get more calls. Bring in more nonsense. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. By the way, the big development last night they could help the Phillies in the pennant race that happened about three thousand miles away. We'll talk about that too. With Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn Macnow on ninety four WIP. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. With Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn Mack now, 215-592-0, uh, uh, 9494. God, I'm going, the, where did I go with that one? <laughs> I was going, we we're still AM on that one. Wow, I almost went 0 six, ten. I've been giving out numbers for so long, sometimes they just jumble in my head. So it is 215-592-9494. We've only been 94 for about 15 years. I was ready to start playing classic rock songs all yeah. over again. Yeah, that's what we, that's what we, what, that's what this was before us. So... Uh, we learned during you and I are at the Eagles game yesterday, and all of a sudden Twitter goes ablaze with news out of San Diego that could affect the Phillies in the pennant race. Fernando Tatis, the young superstar of the San Diego Padres, gets suspended for uh, illegal. Um, what's the word I'm looking performance for? Performance enhancing. enhancing yeah, yeah. Performance enhancing drugs. And gets 80 games, which is, if I think it was what, the last 48 this year, the first 32. This year, no playoffs. No playoffs. Give me the impact of this, Mike. Huge. Um, absolutely huge. I mean, this is a guy who was third in the most valuable player voting last year behind Bryce Harper and Juan Soto, uh, a bona fide superstar in this league. Uh, and this hurts the San Diego Padres a lot. Um, it just absolutely does, and there's no excuse for it. I mean, if you followed kind of the coverage of this last night and the statement that Tatis and his representatives released. Um, just, you know. He I just, inadvertently I just want, took a drug that he thought was a different drug. It for, was going to cure ringworm, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Actually, first, my, my son had that one time from wrestling. Wrestlers get that. Yeah. One. He was a high school wrestler, and you get it off the sweat and the mats. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, anyway, it just was, I, for once, I would just like one of these players to just own it, please. Yeah. You know, enough with the excuses. But anyway, look, the Padres went went. Bigger, you know, go to the beach kind of a thing, trading for Juan Soto. Um, And so the loss of Tatis is really going to hurt them. And it does nothing but help the Phillies, Uh, you know, for the remainder of the regular season and presuming these teams get into the playoffs. um, 
you know, would help them there too. Yeah, absolutely it does. Uh, and it was interesting, uh, what's it, A.J. Preller, is that their GM? Yes. Came out and, you know, his statement was, this is not the first time he's done something stupid. Do you have the quote I do. There? He okay, says, um, he's somebody that from the organization's standpoint, we've invested time and money into. When he's on the field, he's a difference maker. You have to learn from the situations. I'm sure he's very disappointed, but the end. But at the end of the day, it's one thing to say it. You've got to start showing by your actions. That's about as close as a general manager will come to calling out a player publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, one, the, the money quote, I think what we need to get to is a point in time where we trust him. Over the course of the last six or seven months, that's been something that we haven't been really able to have there. That's that's quite that's an indictment. It's really an indictment. So, look, there as as our friend Andrew Brandt <laughs> would say on Twitter when he's kind of um Andrew one of the things he does on Twitter is uh because he has experience as an NFL executive and is now an agent, he's able to kind of decode and translate statements from pro sports teams. Um and what he would say about this, I'm sure is they're angry. <laughs> And that's that's about yeah. the bluntest way to put it. They should be. And as you said, they, they made a lot of trades thinking this is their year, and then they lose him. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Edward in uh, Philly. You're on with Mike and Glenn. Hello, Edward. Hey. You doing, fellas? Good. Hi, Edward. Uh, I just got a couple comments. One, yes, that hurts uh, hurts them. It's good for us. But uh, I was appalled by Sports Center and all the highlights about Swarzer last night when uh, Suarez outpitched him. You know, here's the thing about something like that, Edward, is that, you know, the Mets are in the New York market. Uh, Sports Center is a national show. They're going to show highlights of Max Scherzer and the Mets, and they're going to kind of play that up. They're trying as much as they can to build some semblance of kind of drama in these highlights. They want to show you what, you know, the best pitcher in baseball did. Um, but the idea that, like, Ranger Suarez went pitch for pitch with him uh, is not going to be something that they. Where, where they say, okay, we got to show Ranger Suarez. All right. That said, yeah, no, hold on, Edward, thing. hold on. Okay. That said, ESPN is an ass. <laughs> it is. I, uh, listen, I have loathed ESPN, and I've pontificated on this over the years, <laughs> for a long time because they find an issue and run with it. As, as you're suggesting off of Edward's anger, they will present a story because – or in a way that may not be the most factual, but serves what they're trying to push. Are they still talking about Tim Tebow? I think they probably are. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I, I, Edward, I can't stand ESPN. And um, other than Amen. my friend Kevin Nagandi, oh, Kev's a great guy. Kevin is a great guy and certainly worth watching. And whenever Kevin is on, I'll find it. Other than that, Edward, they're an uh, ass. <laughs> the other thing is. Uh, NBA could have done what uh, baseball did with Hank Aaron. So yearly, pick a day, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, his birthday, and then have everyone wear number six instead of disrespecting Irving. Uh, but it's kind of kind of karma for him not backing uh, Joel for MVP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I like that Edwards got I, an agenda. <laughs> we <laughs> all have done, we, my friend. We all have our petty have torments. All right, take it, take it, take it easy. All right, so. A friend of ours who who we wanted to come on the air, he can't come on the air, but he's somebody who's been very involved in professional basketball for a while and is somebody that you and I both respect. Right? We can leave it at that? Yes. Okay. Um, 
texted you off of our conversation about Russell versus retiring Russell's number and not acknowledging or recognizing Doc. Yes. So this is what our friend wrote. Russell was the first black head coach in any pro sport, 11 championships, and was involved in civil rights. Doc was everything you are saying, but Doc didn't throw himself into social issues and stand up for social issues. Um, so it's, you know, just another take on it. Okay. Yeah. But it's social issues aren't, I mean, I, I know that that's part of it. And again, I, I applaud and recognize everything that Bill Russell did, but that doesn't mean that because Doc didn't tackle social issues that Doc was not an important figure. Doc was a hugely important figure in what the NBA is about, the central thing that the NBA is about, which is a product. Yeah, and and I think Edward made a great point uh, just a minute ago, the idea of taking a day every year where you honor Bill Russell. No issue with that. Um, but as I said, you you don't want to kind of nullify, even symbolically, the history of Julius Irving as a member of the Sixers and and as an athlete who's still admired and revered in in Philadelphia. All right. Speaking of ESPN and Kevin Nagandi, because I feel bad now. Because <laughs> here's why. Go ahead. Go, no, I was just going to say, I have a number of friends at ESPN, too. Um, so, well, yeah. he's the only one, I think. Okay. Well, right. the only one you have. I have a couple. No, I know. I know. Well, I ripped him. You didn't rip him. No, this so is true. I can't be mad at you. Okay. So last night, I, I tweeted out... Um, Okay, I tweeted out, great win by the Phillies, which I didn't see because I'm here at the Eagles game. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the box score. Tell me what I missed. Give me the highlights. And many, many people did, mm -hmm. including Kevin Nagandi. Did he really? Yes. <laughs> see, he's looking out for you, man. I, he he's looking out for you. You're going to have to take back the – first of all, can I just say, when yeah. you said, I loathe ESPN, yeah. for all you Seinfeld fans out there, I, was, I immediately thought of Newman talking to the record store owner. I loathe you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, with Kramer standing behind yeah, him, kind of egging I know him that on. Scene. I get it. I get it. Glenn, so, what was the uh, ratio of replies that you got that actually gave you info on what happened in the Phillies game and said, I didn't watch it either. It was on Apple TV. <laughs> Not as many as last time. Okay. I think people are figuring it out. I I think. I don't know. I, um. You you watched on Apple? Well, I mean, I was here, but I had oh, the here. I had the Eagles game and the Phillies game oh, going. Well, there so, you go. So yeah. I watch Here's what both, I've noticed but, uh, about Apple. At, this is what their third game, maybe. Yeah, I mean, and, the and picture, people should know. Future the picture is very good. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I, I, for whatever reason, the picture is better. The first game I saw, I disliked the announcers. The second game I saw, Hunter Pence was one of them. I thought mm -hmm. the announcers were fine. I didn't see last night. The one thing they have that just drives me crazy is the box in the corner where it's like probability of a hit, probability of an <laughs> yeah. RBI. It's like anticipatory stats are dumb. And and I don't like... Well, it's for betting the, purposes. The picture is great, You're but right. they're doing the same thing that you see more and more um, national telecasts doing where they get that up-close shot where the athlete or even the fans look like a video game. Uh, kind of hmm. so sharp that it looks like They've been recreated rather than they're showing You're the actual You're complaining people. about too much clarity. It doesn't look real. It is, but it is real. I know, but what, it doesn't look real. you think they're putting a special real. filter on it or something? Something like that, yeah. I, I think Instagram? If you, if Mike you, likes to watch his TV shows in, in 360p right. or 240 or something. on a 21-inch TV. The blurrier and grainier, right. the better. I can I get you some rabbit ears. I think I have them I up in my attic still. I don't mind climbing on my roof and adjusting the antenna. Oh, God, I remember and, that thing. Uh, you know, I will watch Walter Cronkite deliver my evening news at 6 o'clock. I like my beer cold and my baseball games in black and white. Did you have the, uh, when you were a kid, 
Did you have the antenna on your house that inside on the TV there was this box and it had a dial on it, right? And you, you click the dial and it gets each station with more clarity. And then you have the little label maker that's at like channel 29. And it's like... No, started you, you out with that. that. No, started out with that. And then when we got cable, yeah. we had a, a lengthwise brown box on top of the TV. And it had a little lever on the side. And there, were, there was a grid of the cable st- of the stations. You had a sticker on top of this box. And you would have to press the button and move the little lever to the different oh, levels. Oh, we didn't have that. It's so very, that very could, high tech in yeah. the Sealski house. Well, we were billionaires. There you go. <laughs> All right. So I got to finish ripping ESPN. Or, or I got to... Now that I ripped ESPN mm-hmm. and I put that out last night, tell me what I missed. I didn't get to see the game. And I, I got... And I appreciate it. I'm, I had several hundred responses. Thank you. One's from Kevin Nagandi. Ah. And he said, here's what you missed. Pitching, defense... Depth showing its real value. Stott, Ranger, Veerling, Dominguez, Robertson. And then he ran out of characters, so he had another tweet. And boom, offense and defense. So, thank you, Kevin Nagandi. You're a great guy. The, the first few things he mentioned, the Phillies themselves had been missing for the previous 10 years. Yes. So, again, that gets to why people are excited about this team now. They're seeing a different kind of baseball than they had been seeing every year since 2011. All right. So how much of that is because of the tomper? I think a good bit I, of it it's is. It's like you get rid of Girardi and all of a sudden everything's great. Now, I had issues with Girardi in how he used his bullpen. I can't use this guy because I might need him tomorrow. And, you know, I got to give this guy a day off. And all that stuff was driving me crazy. And there were specific strategic ga- moves he made during games that I disagreed with. But that, I mean, I had that with Charlie Manuel. Like, why is he doing that? That's That happens with a manager. But they get a new manager and all of a sudden they win, you know, 40 out of 60 games. There's a phrase that generations younger than me use they refer to someone or something and they say is a mood rob thompson is a mood i think honest to goodness that that the fact that is a mood yeah the fact that thompson i'm learning stuff now is uh a little more hands-off a little more relaxed i think that filters down to the entire clubhouse I've, i've said this before to you i think atmosphere matters particularly in baseball. All We've right. all had bosses where you liked the work environment that those bosses created and you performed better as a result. I Shout out to Rod Lakin, WIP program director. You, I wasn't referring directly to <laughs> well, Rod. That's because you but, don't know him yet. He's yeah. a good guy. <laughs> all right. So Rob Thompson is a mood. I'm going to show you a picture now that I posted the other day on Twitter. That Hey. It's a picture of Rob Thompson. <laughs> and for would you describe what you're looking at? Um. I don't know. Uh, disaffected. <laughs> I'm not quite it's, sure the word. There's no expression there's on no, his yeah. face whatsoever. It, it looks like a mugshot. It does. <laughs> it does look like a mugshot. But, but after after Stott's double yeah, in the to lead off the game yesterday, they caught him in the dugout giggling like is a that right? school See, kid. I, again, I'm at the Eagles game. I'm not. Yeah. So he, I, if, if that's the phrase, he is a mood. Look, I've been around Joe Girardi in Philadelphia and in New York. Mm-hmm. You can feel the tension radiating from the man. You just can. It doesn't make him a bad person. It doesn't even make him necessarily a bad manager. You can just feel it, though. And I think there's a difference now that he's not there. Wasn't working here. Okay. Ted, in Westchester, what do you have to say about those fills? 
Hello? Yeah, Ted, what, hi, do, you, Ted. what do you got on the fills? Oh, hi. Uh, thanks for taking my car. Hey, good choice for Mike there, Glenn. He's a good replacement. Thank you. I thanks, it. Ted. Yeah, it's great. I, I've read your, your books and your, your articles all the time, Mike. Really appreciate it. Listen. I, I do, too. Thank you. These fillies are just blowing my mind, and they, they smell like they got something special. What do you guys think? Look, I, I think they are... They are clearly, as we've said, a different kind of team, not just in terms of quality, but in style of play and approach than they've been lately. Um, I think there was always this sense, even you know, in seasons when they were well above 500 and in the pennant race, you're talking 2018 and 2019, and even the, the really short season of 2020, there was always a sense of like, yeah, but this is going to, you know, they're, they're holding on to a bird and the bird is going to fly away at any moment. And that you don't have that sense now. There seems, you know, to be a better mentality. And there is certainly more talent and depth on this team, more experience. That's what happens when you sign a Kyle Schwarber um, and some of the guys who have been here, you know, for a couple of years gain a little more experience, a guy like an Alec Bohm. So, um, look, they've gone 11 years, 10 years without making the playoffs, a playoff berth relative to what's happened over the last decade, would absolutely be special. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm just so impressed with Baum and Stott and Gerling. I mean, they're just playing out of their butts, and it's just so great to watch. Yeah, youth. Youth is nice. <laughs> As we said, it's been a while since they had players. So NOLA comes up through the system, but that's, yeah. a, that's a long time ago. It is. It is. And that was always part of... You know, it wasn't just the Phillies from, let's say, 2005 through 2011, even though they didn't make the playoffs in those first couple of years that I just referenced. It wasn't just that those teams were great. It was that the best players on those teams connected with the fan base because they had come up through the system. And that's what gets people really excited about baseball is it's not just going out and signing a Bryce Harper or a Nick Castellanos or a Kyle Schwarber. It is the idea of having a Chase Utley, a Ryan Howard, a Jimmy Rollins, a Cole Hamels, come up through your system and now you're seeing that with guys like Hoskins and Nola and some of the other names we've yep. mentioned. Very exciting. A lot of fun. 215-592-9494. He's Mike Sielski. I'm Glenn Mack. Now we've got time for your calls before we get out of here. Uh, 94 WIP. This segment brought to you by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. All right, Mike Sielski, uh, a lot of fun today. Uh, spent a lot of good time talking about the I keep saying an Eagles win. They didn't win. They lost. But it, what, what I, I 24-21. Would, I would view it as a successful preseason game. Agreed? Totally agree. Your, yes. Your biggest, I know the, the Hurts That's fine. run thing is, is a big, and listen, it was a worthy column. I, but what, what are your other biggest takeaways from it in 30 seconds uh they generally emerged unscathed injury wise which is more than you can say for the new york jets their opponents uh and they look sharp the first team looks sharp offensively and defensively yeah and i saw some guys in the second team defense yeah yeah absolutely i'm in love with jordan davis man he's i'm telling you it's my it's like my favorite eagle and he hasn't played the regular season game yet but i'm really gonna enjoy him and we spent a good amount of time talking about the phillies victorious up in New York yesterday, winning a game that Max Scherzer starts and um, really putting themselves the, in very good position for the postseason. Yeah, look, um, they just lost the day before to the Marlins, too, and you kind of come away from that thinking, okay, they had to lose eventually. But, man, they bounce right back in what might have been their most dramatic win of the season. Uh, you got to, like, the direction that this team is headed in right now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so what do you got for the rest of the day? Anything fun? What are you, what are you doing? 
Who me? I'm yeah, you, I, I'm heading up to the Poconos. Oh heading yeah, home, right, heading up to right. the Poconos. Yeah, yeah, yeah tell me that. That's uh, good. Spend some time with friends. Nice. You know what I'm doing today? Nothing. <laughs> That's that ain't a bad Saturday no, either. No, it's not a bad thing. Uh, I was well. We went to uh, Ithaca this week to visit. My, great my town. Best great city. Yeah, had a great time. Uh, Ithaca Beer Company definitely worth it. Mango uh, wheat, baby. Yeah. Had, had a Excuse me, apricot. Apricot, a- apricot wheat. Yeah. Apricot wheat. Yeah, it was really good. Had some of that. And um, just, you know, been running ragged. And so today I'm going home. I'm doing, well, I'm going to catch up on some, you know, stuff, but nothing that's going to take me out of my uh, out of my house, out of my office. And I'm thinking that I want to start the new League of Their Own series. Ah. Uh, which just dropped on Amazon Prime when I give that a look. Uh, I'd be interested in that. I mean- the original League of Their Own is an all-time great sports great movie. movie. Yep, number uh, uh, twenty-one, I believe. If anybody ever wrote a book on the hundred greatest sports movies, I, I don't know. Uh, do I know anyone who did that? Uh, ultimate book of sports movies. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack. Now, oh, but, by the way, Ray's play opens in Hershey this week. I think it's oh. Thursday through Sunday, and um, big sales. But you can get up there and watch the play up there. there Back you go. to where it all began. That's that, that's exactly right. There you go, Ray. There's your plug for the day. Okay. So anyway, I want to see this new show, see if it's any good. The heart is what makes it great. That's, that's of, there you that's go. One of the, it's that, one of the great lines. You go back and watch a, the original League of Their Own. There yeah. are so many great lines yeah. in it. It is such a well-written movie. Right. That and when he signs the autograph for the kid, don't get the clap. Clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> yes. There's no crying. Yeah. Well, that's the one that everybody that's, remembers. Yeah, we'll see how the TV show holds up. And the Phil's tonight. It's a seven o'clock game, right, tonight? Mosh. That sounds right. There we go. Who's pitching tonight? What do we got? Oh, um, Nola. Nola. Aaron Nola goes tonight. Who the Mets? The Mets got like their big three. Which one do we get tonight? John Matlack. No. <laughs> um, Jerry I forget yeah. if it's Degrom or Bassett. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's Degrom tonight. I think, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, hey, take two out of three from the Mets, right? You'd be happy with that. Oh, I think I think Phillies fans would be ecstatic. A uh, couple questions, Mosh. What what show is on after us? Go Birds Radio. Is that correct? Indeed. Who's doing that today? Uh, James Seltzer and Elliot Shore Parks, I believe. Yeah, Elliot's been putting in a lot of hours. I'll give him that. He did yeah. two shifts yesterday. He's on this morning. A lot of Elliot. He is the hardest working man in show business. Uh, that's John Clark. But but <laughs> Elliot's True. up there. All right. It is time for us to find out what did we forget to talk about today, Moshe Kravitz. Well, uh, Carson Wentz is back in the news, in case you guys didn't know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm going to play this piece of audio from an interview he did with a reporter down in D.C., and I'll just uh, preface it by saying uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. There's been kind of a narrative out there here in training camp that you've been a little inaccurate um, on your throws. Uh, consistently inconsistent has been a kind of a terminology. How would you assess your performance in training camp? And is that characterization uh, fair? Yeah, I mean, for one, it's camp. You know, I think uh, I didn't know that, so thank you. Because yep. uh, I, I know you told time, me you don't read that stuff. At the same time, uh, I'm my biggest critic. So I, I come back after practice, yeah. and I'm kicking myself over one, two, three, four, five plays, you know. Real talk here, Carson. It's been well documented. Philly didn't want you. Indy didn't want you. Do you think this is your last chance to prove that you can be a starting quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, you know, I don't really – think about all that stuff for me I'm playing the game that I love and I have the most confidence of anybody in myself to deliver all right all right so so here's my here's my opinion on this Mm -hmm. uh it's on the reporter for and by the way his name is oh darn I just hit my computer Scott Abraham from uh ABC in in Washington 
Um, the first question I don't really have a big problem with. Um, mm-hmm. You've had a bad camp. What do you say? And Carson answered the way he's going to answer, which is right. kind of a non-answer. The second question I thought was way out of line and inaccurate. Okay? Philly didn't want you. Well, that's not true. No. He bailed out of here. Right. He didn't want Philly. Right. Indy didn't want you. Well, Earsay, the owner, didn't want him, and that goes back to him not being vaccinated and all of that. I just, listen, I've been a reporter asking those questions, and you've asked a lot of tough questions. You may disagree with me. I thought it was out of line. I don't know that it was out of line. I think the reporter took the wrong approach. Two things I would say. Number one, if you are going to raise criticism of an athlete to the athlete in an interview, don't set up a straw man. Like, read the tweets or the articles or the comments that are critical of the athlete. You know, otherwise it sounds like you, the reporter, are saying this about the athlete and the athlete immediately gets on the defensive. That's the first thing. Second thing is... You are not there to cross-examine the athlete necessarily. You are there to get an insightful answer. And going to Carson Wentz and saying, Philadelphia thought you stunk and Indianapolis thought you stunk, what do you think of that, is not necessarily going to get an insightful answer from the athlete. Agreed. You know, especially if you're Carson Wentz. And and the one line I wrote down from that interview was, I'm my biggest critic. That is his patented, timeless you know, shield to any criticism of himself. You've yeah. got to try to get past As that. you say, he just kind of shut down and gave the, yeah. the, the you know, save-get answer of the day. All exactly. right, what's next, Moshe? All right, well, we had our second Field of Dreams game in Major League Baseball this week, uh, which is, I, I was skeptical at first, but it's a really cool concept to do the throwback uniforms and all that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know if you guys caught I, it. Just I, I didn't catch the game. I caught a lot of highlights. I thought the uh, out of the cornfield, Griffey Sr. and Jr. was pretty cool. Yeah. That was a nice thing. I did not like the Harry Carey hologram. Um, I found it a little creepy, and I I know it's meant to honor him. I find it a little disrespectful to the dead. I, I find it disrespectful, and I also think if you're going to do Harry... Harry Carey is kind of problematic to try to do this because I think a lot of people remember him through the Saturday Night Live impression that Will Ferrell used to do of him. I would have taken Will Ferrell. Yeah. Like, (laughs) hey, what's your favorite planet? Mine's the sun. You know, (laughs) Um, people remember that. They don't remember the actual man and broadcaster. Yeah, I I just, I, I found it oddly creepy. All right, what else? Yeah, uh, so what? one last thing. We don't usually talk about tennis, but this week Serena Williams yep. announces that uh, she didn't. She said retiring at one point. I think she also said she's evolving away from the game. Yeah, well, she's going to have a baby, uh, too. She wants to have a baby. Yeah, she wants to you know, grow her family more, yeah. but uh, possi- Great. the greatest of all time greatest in of tennis, all time. retiring? Gra- gra- yes. Greatest of all time, I would say one of the 10 greatest athletes of the last 50 years. I'm not sitting here making a list, but... Dominated a sport like almost nobody can dominate a sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if not the greatest female athlete in U.S. history, certainly in the conversation. Um, and wish her all the best. She's been, I think, a terrific representative of that sport. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I like her, root forward, amazingly dominant, something to watch. Uh, I will miss her and, hey, wish her the best. We get one final U.S. Open from her and then she's retiring. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. 
Uh, this hour has been sponsored by Meridian Bank, business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. Mike, always a pleasure. You too, my friend. I will uh, see you next week. I am on tomorrow morning with Jody McDonald at 10 o'clock. Moshe Kravitz, great job. Stay tuned. Go Birds Radio next, right here on 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.